everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks again for being a part of this journey. Awesome to have you here for another episode, another great guest. And I have a gentleman by the name of Sean Vig, S-E-A-N-V-I-G-U-E. You can check him out, seanvigfitness.com. And I came across Sean, actually, when I was doing my February um challenge for the dozen months of discovery. I was doing one hour of stretching and mobility work every single day for the entire month of February. And I wanted to have a video to kind of follow along. And there's a lot of different things out there and apps and all that. But I was searching on YouTube. I came across Sean and I said, dude, this guy's got a really cool personality. You know, he's got an interesting humor and the videos were very easy to follow. He was very, um, Again, not, not the movements were simple. There were some complex movements, and there was modifications that he talked through. But it was just more, you know, the personality. You felt like, hey, you know what? This guy gets it. He understands it. And obviously, he's been around the block for a while. Um, so you know what he's preaching is actually really good, and it's going to be good for your body. So anyways, once I did that, and I was kind of through the month, I said, gosh, let me reach out to him, see if he'll be on the uh, podcast and share his fitness journey and some of the things that he's doing. And uh, lo and behold, he accepted, and here we are. So um, I just launched the one mic session I did, if you want to go listen to it, for February um, to talk about you know my mobility and some of the different things that I learned through that process. But um, on top of that, here's my interview with Sean Vig. Um, hope you guys enjoy it. Hope you enjoy some of the great things that he shares. And go check out his stuff. He's got a lot of great uh, books and videos um, on fitness, on yoga, Pilates, those type of things. Um, and for a variety of folks, um, so you probably fit in some of his categories of uh, content that he's put out there. So hope you guys enjoyed this wide-ranging conversation. And without further ado, let's jump into my chat today with Sean Vig. Let's get it started. Sean, this is awesome, man. I'm glad to have you on the uh, the podcast. Oh, great to be here, Brian. Great to be here all the way from the mountains of Colorado, right? Yeah, you know what? So it's it's really funny is... I feel like I like you're like one of my best friends here because the last month, so I have, so folks that don't know, I, I've been doing this dozen months of discovery in 2020 where I did a social media detox in March, in April, or in uh, February, I did one hour of stretching every single day. Um, and in March, I'm learning Spanish. So I'm doing all these different challenges to kind of get outside my comfort zone and, uh, and kind of see where I can take things. And obviously I'm a big CrossFitter, big into, you know, uh, health and nutrition. So I wanted to get back to stretching a little bit and, and those type of things. Cause I, I felt my body kind of tightening up, you know, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. I'll be 37 later this month. But anyways, the reason I say like, I feel like you're one of my best friends is I found one of your videos online, the greatest stretching video in the, in the universe, I think from like 2015. And I literally watched that every day. So that was, I did for 40 minutes. Um, and then I do to my own stretching. So kudos to you. Um, and I, and I thought I was like, man, I'd love to have Sean on if he accepts it because there's not only a knowledge there, obviously of a lot of years you've done this, you're not boring. You actually have a little personality and you have some humor, which is, you know, you might think it's, it's different, but that's, that's kind of how I am. So I was like, man, this would be cool. So I'm glad you accepted to be on here and I'm excited to chat with you a little bit. So there, there's a big intro for you. That's, that's a good intro. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. Funny. I, that's, I get that a lot. People say, I feel like I know you, like we've known each other a long time. And I think that's wonderful that, uh, through, through the videos and through what I do, you get a sense of who I am and you're comfortable with that. Yeah. And uh, you want to keep training with me. I mean, you did that video every day for a month. Yeah. So what I decided to do was 
I, I'm very, I won't go down the rabbit hole, but I, I feel like, you know, the consistency is obviously very important, but I also wanted to see, well, if I was doing all these different types of poses every day, mm-hmm. would I know if I'm getting better? Now I would, I know, obviously I'm going to, you know, loosen up in some areas and improve some areas. But what I want to see was from like day one, a certain position, um, like you have one there in downward dog and you're doing kind of, you're reaching back with, from your left hand to your right ankle as an example. Mm-hmm. And, you know, trying to feel like, okay, well day one or day two, and I have okay flexibility. It was hard to hold that pose for like, it was probably a good 20 ish seconds plus. Mm-hmm. But as I got to day 10, 15, 20, I mean, it was no problem. So be able to see that increase. Mm-hmm. That's why, um, that's why I did that. Um, so it was nice to kind of have that consistency day in and day out. And you got some other great videos out there, but I was like, well, let me, let me, I found this one. I was like, let me just do that. Cause it's about 40 minutes, um, full in terms of stretching. And then I had some other stuff with mobility, what I, I wanted to do. So that fit in the next 20 minutes or so, uh, for the stretching. So, well, it's tough too. When it, I named it, what is it? The best in the universe? I think it's the, so, the, the, the yeah, the, <laughs> the best all in the, the universe. Other, it's the best in the universe. The best Why damn stretching video else? in the universe. Yeah. I like yeah. that. <laughs> That's I used to use very provocative names. I go back and forth a lot with titling a video, which is a lot of times the most challenging thing is how to title a video because you want it to be direct, but also catch your eye, like something yeah. like that. Duration and also in the universe is hard to argue with. Yeah. How has well, it affected your crossfitting? Your oh cross- my gosh, it's been phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. Because really what it's done is like, it's allowed me to one, get deeper in position, such as squats and those type of things. I don't have as much like, which I had a lot of hip tightness, like a lot of IT band, that area, a lot of tightness there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually had a back issue where, again, I won't go deep onto it, but basically I kind of pulled what I, it's like a deep muscle in like mid-December um, doing a front oh. squat. And I'm not going to blame that on CrossFit. I've been doing CrossFit for two and a half years. That's on me being <laughs> inflexible. Um, it got better for a few weeks and then it got worse again. So actually it's funny where it's, it's almost healed now. I don't really feel it much, but it was, I think a lot, if I didn't stretch for the whole month of February, I think I would still have some of those pains and it would still be kind of bothering me. So I'm a big advocate for stretching. Um, I always have been, I just never did it enough because I made the excuse. I know a lot of folks make is like, I don't have the time, you know, I don't have the time to stretch, but it's Mm -hmm. so valuable. I think to actually put that into your life. And I, I'm assuming you would agree with that based on what you do for a living. Well, I know back, um, I've had a few, I hadn't had any in a while, but a pulled muscle in your back, whatever it is, is so frustrating. It, it, there's something about that area for me, if it's middle or lower back, it makes me feel so old and useless when that happens. And again, it hasn't happened for a while, but I've had periodically when I'm not stretching, when I'm, you know, I'm preaching it all the time and I'm filming and I'm teaching it, but I'm not doing it myself. Or if I do it, it's really just, you know, a few minutes here and there. Um, when that does happen, it does affect my mood a lot too. It's, that area for me really bothers me yeah. when it happens. But again, it hasn't happened in a long time. So that's good. And I'm 45. I'll be 46 this year. I mean, age does factor into it, but if, if I'm not consistent, the age means nothing. If, if I'm consistent with my stretching and movement and, and pliability and mobility training, then I don't even think about age at all. Yeah. I think it's so valuable too. I, I've gotten from a variety of different sources and just over the years, just listening about, you know, how your body kind of catches up to you. You don't realize, you know, I, I even hear this from, from neighbors and friends are like, yeah, I went to pick up, you know, 
groceries or whatever and oh i pulled something and yeah. they think it was that day but it's probably from the last 10 years of not stretching not doing exactly that. it's a you slow buildup of you know, misalignment yeah. bad habits bad posture uh imbalances in your body weakening of certain muscles and also just uh, poor mechanics just uh, you don't have to pull a muscle lifting a heavy barbell. You can pull it picking up a pen off a table or something. Uh, I, when I was a kid once, I was in the shower. I was a kid, like 10 years old, and I reached for something in the shower, and I pulled a muscle on my neck. So, I mean, that there was something leading up to that, too, even at about 10 years old. Yeah. Speaking of that, let's, let's, let's actually pry into that a little deeper. How did you find fitness? Do you remember back in those days? Was it something as a kid that you remember? Was it later on through college or after that? It became but It's funny because as a kid, you never think fitness. As a kid, you think right. play and fun and friends and uh, dirt bikes. And I, mean, I grew up in the 80s mainly. So it was wonderful. No cell phones, nothing like that. So, But fitness for me now always harkens back to those days. I've written about that quite a bit. That when I think of fitness and movement, I think about being 10 years old, being eight years old, being 12 years old uh, in California and in the countryside of Wisconsin and biking and playing and running and um, just uh, hanging out with friends all day and constantly moving. And I equate fitness and movement to almost a pure joy, a state of mind that's like pure joy. You're really in the moment, you're breathing, you're having fun, your body's moving, you get a little dirty in the process which one of the reasons I like to film outside all the time, I like the, the risk of getting dirty. I like to be on the ground. I don't like to be in a sterile environment very long. I like to be out in the elements. But uh, I guess in high school, I started lifting weights. I started lifting weights to impress a girl uh, named Becky. I don't think she ever noticed, but it was between my junior and senior year, and I had a couple dumbbells and I had a barbell, and I would work out in my bedroom late at night over the summer is around midnight. I would work out around midnight to 2 or 3 a.m. Like I had a TV in there. I would do other things, but I'd always come back and do curls and maybe some lateral raises, real basic stuff. But at that age, just introducing a little bit of weight training went a long way. And I remember going to band camp and people noticed. I had like a t-shirt on that was actually kind of tight and people noticed I had been working out, like added a little muscle. So that definitely gives you a spark to keep going when people notice and you know, you're starting to, you're hitting puberty and you're growing and you definitely want to get some muscle on you also. And also for Becky, who I don't think she ever even knew, but I liked her. And uh, I, I, that was the reason I started working out a bit. Maybe somebody said I was very skinny. Maybe someone made a comment I'm like, well, we'll see about that. I'm going to start working out. And I used to eat a lot of chef Boyardee ravioli from the can to, to gain weight because I was so thin. My metabolism is still very high, but even back then, I was I was uh, very young for my grade, so I was smaller than everybody. I was always um, pretty short um, growing up. I grew quite a bit, but skinny and short. So that's what got me into just picking up some generic plastic barbells and dumbbells in my bedroom. It's funny how that works. I actually, I have a, a similar story. Is like I was uh, after uh -huh. freshman year of college. I was, you know, and I'm I'm six two and a half. I've shrunk a little bit, but I was like six three. But I was 155 pounds, you know, soaking wet. Uh -huh. So you imagine I was, uh, you know, uh, very very thin and tall. And I remember coming back from college because I saw a picture of myself. You know, this is back before cell phone pictures. Mm -hmm. It was a picture that got developed, and I was like, oh my god, I look like I'm in high school still, and I'm around <laughs> all these college guys. So. I started, I remember it was, it was a sophomore year, a couple of my buddies that were on the baseball team. I said, Hey guys, I'm going to start lifting with you. I lift six days a week in the gym. I ate, I gained, you'll laugh at this. Maybe 
I gained 45 pounds in about four months. I have a picture at Christmas that year. Actually, my dad lives out in Durango, Colorado. And I have a picture at his house uh, from that time. And I looked, if you compared the two, you wouldn't think it was the same person. Was it that uh, all muscle that you gained mostly? Mostly muscle, but there was a lot of, you know, I was eating like, you know, supersized McDonald's meals and I just oh. anything I could get food, any food I could eat, like three protein shakes a day, like just every, it was amazing. I, I bet I was eating close to five to 6,000 calories a day. I bet. It's a glorious time because you don't <laughs> think about anything, but I want calories. I want calories. I mean, it's very single-minded, but it's very, um, it's very inspiring too. Because yeah. I, I want muscle. It's not, well, why do you work out? Well, I want this. It's, I want muscle. I want to get bigger. I want muscle. It's very, very simple. Later on, you could deviate onto some different paths, you know, go to some different paths. But right. in high school and college, it's mainly just muscle because your body will allow you to do that too. It won't punish you very much for hitting it so hard. You said six days a week, uh, which I, I used to do the same thing every day of the week too. And I still gained muscle. My body still gave me some muscle, even though I was training in a way that now you would say, oh, you should never do the same thing twice a day like that. Don't yeah. keep ripping the muscle. But back then it worked. Yeah. And I want to get back to a little of that a little bit because I think it'd be helpful for folks listening in. But one thing I want to ask, so you're talking about, hey, I started to lift a few, you know, curls here and there. When did you actually have in your head of like, this could be something I do for a living? Like, this is something I'm really passionate about. When did that happen? Well, I always liked it. Somebody once said to me, um, walk by a magazine rack and whichever magazines you grab, those are uh, probably things you should invest more in. These are things that you're really interested in. And for me, it was always Entertainment Weekly and then probably men's health or muscle and fitness, something like that. I was always gravitating towards that because I don't know if you know my background, but I, I did professional theater for many years. I trained as an opera singer. I sang opera. I sang music theater. I traveled around the country doing mainly music theater. I did a lot of some non-musical shows. I did some opera. And it was, so that was like big passion. I really liked doing that. And then, but I was always keeping my body in shape during it because it's very demanding. You're doing eight, nine shows a week. If it's very uh, dance heavy or fight combat heavy, you want to keep your body in shape, even if you're, you know, 24, 25, 26. And I started, I would go to New York quite a bit because I had a lot of friends there. My best friend was there and I would take dance classes because I wasn't a dancer, but to be more marketable, I started taking classes. And in those dance classes, those lessons, they would always do some kind of Pilates or yoga, whether it's for the warm up, for a flow, for the cool down, or even in between. And um, I really liked that. That's how I started actually getting introduced to yoga and Pilates was in those dance classes. And then I brought that to my performances. I brought it to theaters I would work at. I would train people also. I wasn't certified then, but I would start working with other people because you know, you're young, but you keep this up. You, you could do so much better if you knew how your body worked, if you knew how to work it more, if you knew how to stretch it and keep it supple and pliable. And uh, I started doing that. And then I got certified as a personal trainer back in 2000, 2000, that's right, down in Miami. And I started training at a gym in Davie, Florida called Club Fit. And I trained there for a few months in between doing theater. And, uh, it was great. That was just personal training. I, I wasn't teaching yoga or Pilates back then, but it was really nice. It was a nice break from theater. And it's something that you can kind of carve out your own schedule too for it. And that's really what got me going was getting certified. Then it was official. What, did theater, was that just something 
did you just stop altogether or just didn't want to travel anymore? What was the reason you decided to? Yeah, the things I loved about theater right away were the things that really weigh on you after a while. You love it because you're traveling around all the time. You're meeting new people. Then after a number of years, you're like, oh, I'm traveling around all the time and I have to meet all the new people. You yearn to stay in one place. And I work so much in Florida because there's so many wonderful professional theaters down there, regional theaters. So that's what brought me down there. And then I started training, personal training. And that was nice too, because it's very different than working in the theater environment. So it was a nice balance. So I would go back and forth for a while. Then I think in like 2005, I just stopped doing theater because other things came up and I had been doing it for over 10 years. And uh, I still, I have friends and they're still doing it in theater. I'm, I can't believe that. I'm amazed by that because it's tough. It's tough to travel around like that. But um, uh, I'm glad I did it because I think a big reason why I'm comfortable with what I do in front of the camera and teaching is because I did all, I spent all those years doing theater. Well, that's what I was going to say. It seems, you know, it's, it's funny. You look at your past and different things that people do and you never think it would actually be beneficial to fitness, but yeah, because of the camera, because of videos, because of all those things, um, it allows you to maybe stand out from the rest, right? Um, because there's uh-huh. a lot of fitness professionals out there. There's a lot of folks doing it, but you have a different voice then, um, than most maybe because of that. Yeah. It gives me a lot of confidence because to get up on stage and do theater, you have to have some confidence to do that in front of 600 or 1200 people or whatever. A uh, big stickler with me is enunciation and projection and breath control. And those all uh, serve me very well when either teaching or doing videos, uh, being able to communicate what I'm doing, to be able to say it clearly, uh, loud enough and with good breath support. So I'm very thankful for doing theater. I'd recommend anyone do it just on the side because you learn so much stuff about how your body works, about how you work with other people, about how you react sometimes under stress. Um, and also being a, doing a repetitive show for three, four, five months, it's very, it disciplines you quite a bit. It takes a lot of focus and you carry that over into fitness because if there's no focus, there's no fitness. Now with the, you mentioned you didn't start out obviously with Pilates and, and yoga and stuff like that. Um, was that, did you see like a new market there and that's why you went that? Or was that just something you're passionate about? How did you get more into that niche, if uh, you will, if I can call it that? Yeah, it was, it was uh, in between time. I was working a few different jobs. I was in Orlando, near Orlando, Orlando, wait, what am I saying? Orlando, Florida area near Disney. And I remember I started taking classes. I started taking Pilates and yoga classes and I really liked it. And I got certified in Pilates. And, you know, I talked, I'm, I'm good at networking. I just talk to people. And in Florida, there's so many clubhouses and clubhouses like to have classes. And I started talking to some of them and I said, Hey, when you get certified, let us know. And we'll, we can start a class here for you. So I was doing that on the side and the big moment, I think a big moment for me with teaching was I got, how did that happen? I ended up over at Disney because I lived about five minutes from Disney world and I got hired to teach a Pilates class at the gym at Team Disney. My wife actually used to work there, this huge building right across from downtown Disney. And I taught a few, the first class, no one showed up. Second one, one person came. I was so excited, went to Target, bought myself some DVDs to celebrate. I remember because I had never taught a class. I was very excited. Actually, rewind real quick. I I was a spinning instructor for Florida Hospital at this gym. And after three classes, the manager fired me for some reason, I still don't know why. So I got more resilient and I got certified and I started teaching and I got in with Disney 
people came to those Disney classes and said, hey, why don't you come over to Animal Kingdom back here in cast services, come here, come to feature animation, come to Disney University. So I started teaching all over Disney property. I used to say, say I was their, Dis, their yoga and Pilates guy, but I can't say that because they'll sue me. I, <laughs> but I was their instructor for about nine years all over property for cast members. And uh, I, in addition, I was, I was teaching a lot of other places too, schools, businesses, health resorts, gyms, and um, burned myself out like I always do because I was doing way too much. And then um, my best friend, said, you're really good with a camera because we used to do home videos all the time. He says, why don't you get a flip camera and a MacBook Pro? And that's where I started. Yeah, because that's obviously, I mean, would you agree that's maybe not only the experience, obviously, but putting yourself out there on the videos has really got you the, the notoriety, if you will, or at least has got your name out there? Oh, yeah. It's very different. You're encapsulating what you do in a class and then shooting it out into the internet. Uh, this is back in, this is about, Ten and a half years ago, I filmed my first video. I think it was June of 2009. Does that sound about right? Yeah, that's when I started filming. And I was very comfortable because, as I said, growing up, we always had camcorders. And I was always the one who would use them because I would film home videos. Friends of mine would come and do sleepovers, and we would shoot videos, which always de-evolved into us shooting cap guns at each other and running around the yard. But <laughs> that's what we would do. So it was very natural for me to just set the camera up and go out to these beautiful spots in Florida and film Pilates videos and yoga videos and experiment. And uh, the experimentation was wonderful because I didn't really know what I was doing, but I really did because I loved what I did. And I just kept doing it and I enjoyed it. And it started snowballing after that, but it was very organic. I didn't really have a plan for it. Were you mainly on YouTube then? Cause that was, you know, what the first couple of years of YouTube, right? Yeah, initially, well, the, YouTube had been around a few years. I was on YouTube and I was, I had a podcast. It was di not like this as much, but it was a, it was through GarageBand, I think. No, it was through um, iWeb. Okay. They, ever, I, they don't do iWeb anymore, but it was an app for, for Apple and you could do either a website on it. You could also do a podcast, a video podcast. So I, I launched, it was, um, because my nickname, a friend of mine gave me, was Mr. Fitness. I think it was Mr. F the Mr. Fitness podcast, and it was just videos. Again, I one thing I lack sometimes is organizational skills. I just like to build a lot of content and throw it everywhere. That's the Sean V yeah. brain. That's how my brain works. My wife is very different. She's a math person, so I like content, content, content. Throw it everywhere. See what sticks. So I had YouTube and I had podcasts. I had a number of different podcasts, and I think they did very well. And, uh, and in the meantime, I was just filming. I was getting ideas together. I was seeing what worked. My early videos were just voiceovers. They were a little more serious, I guess. And then I got more comfortable. And you start to take over your own brand. And it's yours. And you can just speak the way you want to. One thing I want to mention here, because obviously you got several books published, right? Mm -hmm. How did that happen? Did, did these publishers reach out to you because they saw the content? Were you actively going out there and saying, hey, I want to... I wanna, you know, publish a book and, and reach out to them. How did that process work? I had no idea. I never thought about writing a book. And um, my last big paperback was power yoga for athletes. And I was, I pulled into the parking lot at Disney university because I was teaching there Pilates and yoga. And I got an email from a publisher called Fairwinds press. And they wanted to talk to me about doing a yoga for athletes, book, power yoga for athletes. Um, 
the nice thing was, is, as I said, all the content I created, I kept putting myself out there is that they had an idea for a book and they wanted an author. So they were doing Google searches and my name kept coming up for anything, yoga athletes, power yoga athletes. And they reached out to me and said, do you want to write a book? I said, I never thought about doing it, but let's do it. I was so excited when we signed the contract. And um, so we did that book, photo shoots and everything. And again, it's just what I've been doing. A book is basically, as I said, a video is like an encapsulation of your class. Now, a book is basically an encapsulation of your videos and your classes. Just put it all together, put a little bit of your own voice into it because Lord knows there's enough yoga books on the market right now. You want something that has a little flavor of your brand because if people know you, they'll buy it and they want a little bit of Sean in there. And so I did that book and then I wrote a bunch of eBooks too because you, you can self-publish now. And, and I have another book coming out. Um, I think it's been pushed back to May now, but Pilates for Athletes with Penguin Random House. So doing these other books gave me a little more gravitas to actually talk to publishers and say, hey, this is what I've done. You know, what can we do together? And um, I'll be glad to market it, you know, because it's my brand. Selling a book is is right up my alley. If, if I wrote it, I'll sell it. So that's that's how the books came. And now the books are, I see them as the big future. I just want to keep writing books. I actually did a, a proposal for a children's book to my publisher. So we're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks. I'm like, why not a, a children's book? I wrote all these rhymes and storybooked it and um, storyboarded it and uh, and outlined it. So um, once we get this current book finished, uh, hopefully I'll have another book on the way. And then after that. No, I, I actually am finishing up my first children's book right now. Are you? Um, really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm writing it on. So my background's in golf. I used to teach golf for a living uh -huh. and uh, in, in another life, as I say, but uh, I'm writing it actually about my son, about um, his first round of golf that he actually just played by, with his own ball like last uh -huh. year. But I wrote it when he was born, you know, seven, eight uh -huh. years ago. So it's, it's this culmination of like, you know, a, a son and a father and this relationship and stuff. But to your point, I think the children's books are a phenomenal idea because because mm -hmm. you know, I'm so big on exposing kids to stuff a lot earlier than we were mm -hmm. probably exposed to when we were younger, right? Yeah. One, they didn't have access to the internet. They didn't have a lot of that information. Like I watched some of these. You said you have a, a child, how old? Uh, he's one in a week. Oh, okay. Yeah. So a little, still a little young, but like... Yeah. Like my son, like right he'll watch his iPad. He's sleeping right back there. Mm -hmm. Oh, <laughs> he, <laughs> like he'll watch it. He'll watch his iPad and uh, and these videos he watches. Now some are just garbage, and I try mm -hmm. to you know and like YouTube kids and stuff. But there's so many like good informational like where he learns stuff where I'm like I did not know that when I was you know eight years old. So it's just amazing yeah. that the amount of content that's out there. Some obviously is not a good, but I think there's also some really good stuff. So yeah, that's, too, awesome. that's awesome. You're doing it from a fitness standpoint. Well, I won't give too much away about the book, but it's something with with yoga and featuring my son and and Addie, my dog. She's right over there. I was going to ask about Addie if Addie's still around. She's right there. Addie girls. <laughs> oh, they can't see her on the podcast. Never mind. Yeah. Most people ask about Addie. They don't ask about me. They always ask about Addie because <laughs> she's in so many of the videos. And uh, she's been with me almost from the beginning. But Well, she's eight years old. She's about eight and a half now. There she is. She's lazy too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I always, you know, a secret weapon would be Addie and Dane in a children's book. And a children's book is nice because you can do illustrations and you can really just open it up and do rhymes and fun photos and everything. So yeah. I'll keep you posted on that. 
it, these things, you know, they come to you sometimes. They just pop into your head these ideas. Yeah. And, um, I think that would be a great market too for all the parents who train with me online. That's a no-brainer. Like, oh, I'll definitely get that for my children. You know, get that yeah. book. Mm-hmm. Well, so let me ask you this then on that front from a business standpoint. Like how, when did you realize you're actually running a business that could be more than just you going in and doing classes? Uh, and I guess, how, I guess maybe if I can layer one deeper is because again, a lot of folks that are listening that want to start their own business or maybe doing a side hustle or something, mm-hmm. how did you leverage that? Or, or relish that opportunity to say, hey, because because you only you know if you're one person, you only can make so much an hour if you're doing a class. But then yeah. having the book, maybe one place at one time. That's right. Having different things that you're doing that obviously can help you know um, exponentially grow a, a successful mm-hmm. business. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, when I taught, I still I had an LLC around that, and I, I considered it a business, but it wasn't something that was sustainable because you can't teach those many classes for that many years. You just burn out. It's too much. You're going to have to diversify what you're doing. Definitely. When I started doing videos and podcasts, that really opened up a lot to me because once you get on YouTube and once people start to notice you, if you hit a certain subscriber count, like when I hit 10,000 subscribers or 20 people start to notice and they want to work with you because it's a nice relationship. Obviously you have followers, they have a product, they have something you want to work together. So YouTube, once you grow YouTube to a certain spot, that's when things start coming in. If you're doing it correctly, that's where the book offers came in. Um, a lot of, uh, I, I, you know, app offer, I started launching different apps. And once you get to a certain point, you can leverage it into online training where people actually pay a membership fee to train with you. You can create exclusive content for that, but it is a ladder thing because without the YouTube, you can't do all the other stuff. You have to have the YouTube, at least for me, because YouTube is like a great uh, mutual fund. It's like a great stock that's always spinning and uh, spitting out dividends and ideas and offers and emails and people that want to collaborate with you. So I think once, uh, I don't know what point it got to, but the YouTube channel started people started noticing it. And when you would actually type in things in the search engine, my videos would come up on top for some of these big niches like athletes and yoga for men and Pilates for athletes and power yoga and core workouts. So, you know, when you start getting to the top of some of those YouTube and Google search engines, you know, you're doing pretty well. You're hitting those marks and you want to keep creating more content like that. Um, It used to be called Motley Fitness. That was the name of my brand. I don't know if you've heard me say that in videos. And then I just changed it to Sean Beek Fitness. And that's like, well, it is me. It's my brand. It's all me. I work with some people, but it always comes back to me. So once you put your name on it also, then it's legitimate. It's you. And that's your version. You're telling people your version of what health and fitness is through all your different, all your different mediums that you have. So I'm going to ask you this very broad question. I'll let you take it Mm -hmm. how you want. Why is it important for people to stretch and we can go fitness, you know, as a full, but like stretching yoga, why is that so vital for people? Well, there's different kinds of stretching. Um, I'm a big fan. Well, there's uh, static stretching, which is holding a stretch for a long time. <clears throat> there's ballistic stretching, which I wouldn't recommend. That's like bouncing. And then there's dynamic stretching. And dynamic stretching falls into the yoga flow Pilates category. That's constant kind of flow through your full range of motion. And um, that's what I recommend the most is probably dynamic stretching. But well, as you said earlier, the importance of uh, 
you know, aligning your body of loosening up certain areas. It's great for encouraging blood flow also, because if the muscles go cold, if they're not stretched, if they're not used, they're not pliable. I'm reading Tom Brady's book right now. He has a book on, um, well, his training, and he, uh, he talks about pliability in the muscles, very supple muscles, and that's blood flow, and that's a good, healthy range of motion. Um, you know, it's, if you don't stretch, I mean, some, there, there are some people who never stretch and they, they do okay, but that's very few and far between, especially as the years go by. Um, stretching is a great way to keep your body limber, keep it supple, keep, you know, reduce the risk of injury. And also it's a different way of treating yourself too, whether it's yoga or Pilates, it's, it's very different than going to a gym and lifting weights, external things. I think when you can just work out using your, only your body, it gives you so much more strength and power and also um, confidence because um, it's all right here. It's all right here in your body. You don't have to go out to all these other places. You can do so much with just your body weight, whether it's stretching, dynamic stretching, strength training with your body, core work. Um, I don't know, it's a tough question because it's, uh, I could talk about it for hours, I think. But what I want to do is just say, well, let's get down on the mat and do some stretching and let me know how you feel afterwards. Uh, workouts don't have to be a beat down session. You know, there's the old saying that we used to have in high school, no pain, no gain. And that's pretty scary because pain is not good. Uh, you can say um, no challenge or no um, soreness or whatever, but pain, you know, pain over the years gets worse and worse. Then you end up, um, with a lot of problems. I'm kind of going off tangent. No, that's, no, that's good. Well, is there a time period meaning, and, and two questions mm-hmm. to provide you there. One is the amount of time, whether it's per day or per week, someone should be looking at stretching, like is it 10 minute intervals, an hour or whatever. And then do you find that time of day, like when I was doing my stretching thing, I found mm-hmm. that later in the day, right before bed was probably the best because my mm-hmm. body, especially if I did CrossFit, which I did about, I do about five days a week, my body was already kind of limber and warmed up and stuff. The days, yeah. the couple of days I did it in the morning, it was not that I didn't get a benefit from it, but I was mm-hmm. so cold that it, it kind of almost was my warm up to get my body warm. Yeah. So any, any thoughts on that? Well, it's all movement, isn't it? I always see it all as flow, all as movement. It doesn't, you don't have to say, well, I'm going to do a stretch session now. I'm like, you could do some simple warm up, you know, stretches, warm up movements as it were. And it's, it's tough to give advice on that. People will say, when should I do this? I'm like, well, I don't know your schedule. I don't know who you are. I don't know how you, how your body responds. Cause you may, you may be a horrible morning person, but you insist I'm going to stretch in the morning, but your mind the whole time is saying, stop stretching. I don't want to be upright. I don't want to do this right now. So a lot of times you have to find it, make it work for your schedule. If you're training CrossFit, I would, you know, it's, it wouldn't be the worst thing to do a nice dynamic warm up before. And then afterwards go down and do a little stretching. And then when you're home at night in bed, do some twists, do some knees to the chest. Um, it's a state of mind, really. It's like joy. You talk about joy. I talk about joy a lot. Joy is not just here and there. Joy is the undercurrent through your whole life. Flow is something that you're doing all the time. You're always thinking about how I can move my body better. What are the, um, the best times for me doing that? When are the appropriate times? Um, and what kind of uh, durations do I have to do? Again, I'm getting off on a tangent because th- those are such tough questions a lot, but just build them into your schedule. You know, 10 minutes is fantastic. If you're feeling really sore in your back at night, do some twists, do some knees to your chest, do some deep breathing. Uh, if you do a really brutal workout, like a football practice or something, afterwards do about 15 minutes of static stretching to loosen up your body and then go on your way. Um, 
I, you know, stretching and flexibility training is something that you want to add in all the time, all the time. Think like an athlete. An athlete is constantly thinking, how do I improve myself? How do I stand? How do I move? When I brush my teeth, how am I standing? Um, when I lay on the couch, am I laying correct? You know, stuff like that. Well, because I think a lot of times, um, the stretching component or the mobility or yoga, you know, any of that, Mm -hmm. any of that flow movement, it's almost like a, it's a, it's an extra, like, oh, maybe I should do some of that instead of that should be part of your core. Exactly. Yeah. Don't section it off from everything else. Cause the mind will overpower anything, the battlefield of the mind, your mind will tell you exactly what it wants to tell you if you don't have control over it. So if you're saying, um, oh, I got to stretch. And that's usually how it is. And stretching, if you don't stretch, stretching is painful. Stretching can be challenging. Stretching is not fun. It's not as fun as sprinting or swimming or hitting a golf ball. Stretching can, it can do some things that we may not be prepared for. It will reveal some things to us also, imbalances in ways that we have gotten off the path and we don't want to see that sometimes. So, you know, build it in, make it part of your flow for the day. Um, and experiment, see how your body responds. Experimentation is fantastic. You're doing things that are always beneficial. Just make sure you're doing them when they're convenient to you during the day and, and when they pack the biggest punch, I suppose. With that, would is there any advice you'd give, again, a lot of the clients you work with, um, I'm, I'm assuming a lot are, they're all over the place, athletes, business professionals, mm-hmm. whatever. But let's talk about someone that never really um, does any type of stretching, mobility work, anything like that. They uh-huh. work a full-time job, have kids or whatever. Is there any like almost like gateway drug, if you will, to get them into it? Would you recommend, would you recommend yoga? Would you recommend some of the static stuff? Would you, is there mm-hmm. any recommendation there to kind of get them in so that they can taste it? And, and yeah, just- I always have to slow it down because the way my mind thinks I've been doing this so long is I gravitate towards definitely more challenging flows. That's what I like to do. That's what I like to film. It's always good to break it down. And uh, so that being said, something like a simple little side bend stretch for me, I don't think much about, but to someone who's never stretched before, that is like the whole world. So, I mean, there are so many basic little stretches you can do that don't interfere with your day. You can do them anywhere. You can do them anytime, like a shoulder roll, like a lace of fingers behind you and stretch, side bends, things like that. The wonderful thing about it is, Brian, that once you start, I think 98% of the time, I'm making up that figure, but you'll start feeling better immediately. Like your body responds, whether it's an adjustment in your spine or just, oh, wow, um, it's just, you don't know. You don't know until you try it. And once you start doing those basic ones, your body adapts, it likes it, it sends all those great signals to your mind, and you start adding on to that. Um, I don't, I haven't heard much about people who start basic stretching or yoga and say, oh no, I, that's, that made me worse. It, most of the time it helps. You feel it right away and you want to keep doing it. Yeah. What else do you do besides, obviously besides, you know, teaching this stuff or whatever, what else do you do from a fitness standpoint? Are there certain uh, routines you like to do? Is it strength training? Is it, do you oh, myself? Do I like do? strength training. I do a lot of, I do strength training like three times a week. People ask me like, do you only do yoga and Pilates? I'm like, no, I recommend strength training, like weightlifting, uh, resistance training. I'm a big cross, um, training type of guy. I get bored. I've been doing this a while. And my personality, you know, my training reflects my personality. I like to shake it up. I call it shaking the snow globe up. Like I'll go over on the battle rope and do some of that. I'll do some pull-ups. I'll do some squats. I'll do some planks on the exercise ball. I like to just keep changing it up. 
Because if I get bored, my body's going to get bored too. Whatever my mind tells my body, it'll follow along. So I'm always cross-training. It always comes back to the body weight stuff because that's the retirement. That's for the rest of your life. You can always do body weight. Anything with your own weight's the greatest gym ever. Whether it's stretching or power yoga or Pilates or burpees, anything, it's always there. So uh, it, it's a challenge though because I, when you film so much, you don't do your own practice as much. Your practice becomes the filming. And, uh, you know, it's good, but it's good to also just get by yourself and flow and breathe and try out some new things. I have a habit. I'm impatient and I'm like, nah, I don't want to practice. I'm just going to film it. And, uh, most of the time I can do it, but I, it is important to get away and, and train solo. I, I say that in my warrior videos, you know, train like a warrior, go train by yourself for a while, let everything else go, all the electronics and everything, just breathe and flow. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. Um, well, I wish I could take it sometimes. Sometimes I don't. <laughs> well, but also you, with the snow and with the baby and everything, it's tough. You know, you definitely have to budget. How many kids do you have? You have I one? just have one. One. Okay. I mean, one is a lot. <laughs> you know, well, you, yeah. Well, and I, but I, but I like you actually made that point, and that's something you know I try to get across in this podcast a lot is that you have to prioritize, and sometimes <clears throat> prioritization today might be different than in six months. Some things have to be prioritized differently, but changes all the time. Yeah, if health and wellness, though, if that if you're looking at longevity it's putting these things into practice versus just avoiding altogether. It's, mm -hmm. Again, you would probably agree. Maybe I'm putting words in your mouth. Like even if you're you know, doing five minutes of some sort of stretching a day is better than doing yeah. nothing. Like get, just do it. Get it's the same as reading. I like, I read a lot and I'll just, even if I uh, brushing my teeth, I put the book down on the counter. I just read because I know it's so good for me. It's so good for my brain. It's good for my imagination for my focus, I like to read. I do the same with fitness too. It's like, oh, let's do some stretches here. Let's add it, just add it into your day. Uh, reading, I forget the book, but it was thinking like an elite athlete, train like an athlete. You're always in that mindset so that it doesn't become fitness or exercise. It's just the way you live. It's how you do it. I, with our son, you know, he's, he doesn't sleep through the night, so I don't get as much sleep as I used to. So I've trained myself to take naps when I can, like any, where I used to fight it. Now I'm like, no, Sean, just lay down for 20 minutes. Go do it. You, you can do it right now. Go do that. So I make sure I do that. And it's really saved me because in the past I would just kind of drag myself around the house and be ornery. I wouldn't be productive. Um, you feel like you're in a deep hole. It's a terrible feeling. I don't like that, but 20 minutes, half hour and boom, like I took a little snooze right before I got on this podcast. I dozed for a bit, but I'm so glad I did because I taught this morning and I was just, oh, <laughs> I walked into the class and I'm like, oh, who wants to teach the class? Because <laughs> I, I was just so tired. Sometimes it just, you just can't wake up sometimes. Yeah. And um, so I've trained myself to take a nap whenever I can. I prayed on that a lot too. Like, what do I need to do? And God keeps saying, take a nap. Just take a nap. You need sleep. You can't do anything else without the sleep. Yeah, sleep's phenomenal. It comes up a lot actually on this podcast, like the book "Why We Sleep." Uh, uh -huh. Dr. Matthew Walker. I don't know if you've read it, but it's a phenomenal book. No, I oh, will why, have to get that. Yeah, "Why We Sleep." I listened to him. He was on Joe Rogan's podcast probably like two years ago, and that's where mm -hmm. I first discovered him. And and when the book came out, and I finally, I finally like four months ago, like all right, I'm buying this book, and it was phenomenal. Huh. Mm -hmm. Phenomenal research they've done for 25 years on sleep. And has it made you uh, sleep more? Have you? Well, it's, you I, 
so some of the stuff I've already, again, from listening to him on a few podcasts, I already kind of knew some of this, but it, it's made me understand and be aware of like the simple things going mm-hmm. to bed at the right, at the same time, waking yeah. up at the same time every day, not drinking, you know, alcohol and caffeine prior to sleeping, um, how that is a detriment to your, your yeah. REM sleep. Um, those type of little things, um, try not to have like not looking at your phone or computer right before bed because it makes you have a hard time going to sleep. Um, it's funny, the, there's so much good data in there. Like the big point of all of it is like, if you are not sleeping, not laying in bed, but actually sleeping for seven hours or more per night, you're literally killing yourself. Everything is a relation to sleep. So if you're under seven hours and consistently, there's no like sleep debt that you can pay off on the weekend. Like once you use it or lose it kind of thing. Yeah. So that's sleep. What's that? You can't catch up on sleep. That's right. right? That was one of the biggest epiphanies there. I was like, wow, that's, yeah, because a lot of folks like, hey, I'm going to go hard, you know, whatever on the weekend and or or vice versa and I'll make up for it. It's like, Mm -hmm. you can't. Um, And it's amazing how that actually makes you age quicker. Um, It makes your energy go down. It makes your workouts like 30% less. Um, It's It's phenomenal. It's a great book if you like reading. What's Um, it called? Why We Sleep? Why We Sleep, Dr. Matthew Walker. Look that up. Because yeah. I love my work and there are so, there's always so many things to do, uh, whether filming, writing, uh, all, all the different things I do. And when you're tired, it, it, you just can't do it. It's, it's a horrible feeling. Like you're right there, you're in front of the computer, you're there, but you're just not there yeah. uh, physically and mentally because of the lack of sleep. So I understand that. Yeah. My biggest hesitation with having a child was the sleep issue. That's the, that's the one thing I thought about more than anything. It's like, oh, God, sleep. So it gets better. It gets better. <laughs> and, and it's not too bad, but you know what I figured out, Brian is not really him. It's me because I like to stay up late. I've always stayed up late. That's when I work. I write, mm-hmm. I, I watch old movies. I'm up here in the loft. I just love it. And I've had to fight that so bad because I'm like, I gotta, I gotta go down to bed cause he's going to wake up in an hour or two and I'm on duty. So I'll go up with him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I just, it's that inner struggle. I was sitting there last night and I was like, I get down to go to bed got to go downstairs, but I want to do this first. Um, yeah. You got to be careful because uh, it's just, just scheduling. I actually looked at some offices yesterday. I was thinking about getting an office to see how that would work, like outside of the house, but I have to think about that. Looking for yeah. ways to be more productive and also still be with him all yeah. the time when we can. Um, this learning process, but absolutely. it all centers around the sleep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so let me, let me end on this because I know you got to run is, you know, so I, I, I listen to a ton of podcasts, just like I, I just mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. And I've always written like little notes and trying to take a nugget or two away. What we obviously you've shared some really good insight here, but folks listening oh. in, and again, it doesn't have to be around the business owner side, although that could be helpful. It could be just a life in general. Um, you got the microphone, if you will, like what would be one, it may, it could be philosophical, a quote you live by a great you know, mentor gave you advice something that you are passionate about would you share as a lasting impression maybe of the, uh, of the podcast? Oh, oh, that's a good one. Isn't it? Uh, it's always tough to say because, uh, as I said, I don't think too much about what I do. I go off instinct a lot more, so I can't pass that on to someone else because we all have different instincts. But I mean, the old adage is true. Um, you got to work hard stay focused on it and try different things out. I I don't use the word failure, you know, there's all these buzzwords, but in the last 
12, 13 years I, in the fitness business, I've got such a kick out of it because there are so many things you can try, whether it's podcasts or apps or different training programs or workouts. Um, you know, really enjoy the process because you get so hung up on trying to get to some weird destination. There really never is one. I'm always plugging away at different things. I'm so glad I tried all these things that may not have worked out, but they always led me to something else. Um, and I was very consistent and I, I just, I work very hard. I really enjoy what I do. Sometimes I want to get away from fitness, but I always come back because I, I like it so much. Um, you know, people, I mentor a lot of people who want to do videos and they say, well, what should I do? Um, I said, well, find what workouts do you like doing the most and film those and see what happens. I mean, you're not guaranteed, you're not, entitled to anything you're not guaranteed anything out there start doing those things that really interest you and and see what happens other than that you don't know what the future holds with these things that's why i try to stay away from certain platitudes and stuff they put yeah. in the work and see what happens uh, with me it's led me in all different directions uh, same with theater i did theater i traveled all over the place it was always unexpected there's a lot of joy in that unexpectedness i like that because when you lay in bed at night like huh, you know kind of kind of going my own route a lot. It's, it's fun. I am my own person on camera and off. And I'm very grateful for that. No, that's actually great advice. And actually something you sent and maybe didn't think was good advice. I think it was, was around kind of being yourself intuition. Like don't, don't go against just because someone else is doing it or that's the the status Mm -hmm. quo, like, you know, carve your own path and, and trust that your decisions, the things that you're doing are going to lead you the right way, even if they don't look like it right off the bat. That's how yeah, I, I interpreted what you said. So, yeah, But no, that's very true. I, I, again, I stay away from certain platitudes because platitudes are very vague. And um, you say, well, be yourself. It's like, well, what if I'm a jerk? You know, what if I'm horrible? <laughs> well, then you'll know right away, right? So, true. <laughs> um, when I first started teaching and filming, there is that moment where you think, oh, how am I supposed to talk? And like, well, no, I really like this stuff. I'm very fired up about it. So I'm just going to talk like I normally do. I'll say whatever I want. It's my brand. I don't have to work for anybody else. I could jump into a movie quote if I want. I can start singing opera during a video. If people don't like it, they don't have to watch it. So, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's tough to give that kind of advice. In today's world, people always want that magic pill. But for me, I never had a magic pill. I just really loved what I did. And me and my best friend, Stefan, from high school, he's a technical guy. We went through a lot of stuff together. He would advise me on a lot of different things, and I'd try it out. Like, well, let's try that for a while. Let's see what happens with that. Let's start filming in my garage out in Florida. Let's do some of that. Let's do some of this. It's, it's kind of like, like recess to me a lot. It's play. I, I get to play. And um, if I don't enjoy it, I'm not going to do it. So you have yeah. to really enjoy it yourself first before you can pass it on to anybody else. Yeah. And that's, no, that's, the, that's, that's the actor in me too. I mean, I, I've spent a lot of years <laughs> in professional theater. So there is that aspect of the drama of it too. I like the drama. I like the structure of a workout. The workout is like a play. It's like a musical. It starts, it, it hits a, you know, uh, it hits the frenzy, the big part, then it drops. I mean, that's a workout too. They follow that same structure. That's great. What, <laughs> where can everyone find you online? Where's the best place to check you out? Uh, well, go to my YouTube channel. It's at YouTube at Sean Vig Fitness. V as in Victor. It's like Vogue, but with an I. Sean Vig Fitness. You can go there. and I think I have like 900 videos on there. Again, content. I like to make content. Uh, you can find me there. You can also go to SeanVigFitness.com. And um, 
I have links to my books on there and my online training programs too, but a lot of big stuff coming up, like a new book coming out, some, some new things I can't really mention yet, but they're coming very soon. There's always things. It's, it's fun. There's always new things that are coming along because I kind of control my own schedule so I could put out as much as I want or as little as I want. Yeah. John, this was phenomenal, man. Thank you so much for jumping okay, on here. I ramble, story. I ramble for hours about things. No, this is great. This is okay. great. And uh, like I said, appreciate you sharing it and, and jumping on in short notice too uh, with the quick reach out I did. So this will uh, go well with the February, you know, dozen months Good. of discovery. But I'm so happy you were doing that, that long stretching class too for a whole month. I mean, you must just feel like the loosest guy in the universe after that. Well, I'm getting there. I, and, but now it's about keeping up with it, you know? So I try to do it for about, I'm, I'm trying to stretch about 30 minutes, three times a week, just to mm -hmm. keep kind of the maintenance right now until I can figure out a better cadence. Yeah. Uh, but I do it, you know, 10 a.m. or 10 p.m. Um, for 30 minutes. And then I read for 30 minutes and then I'm in bed at 11. So I've kind of That's got fantastic. that schedule. Yeah. It's so important. You said you're 37. Well, I'll be 37 in uh, like okay. 20, 23 days. So. I don't want to age you prematurely, but it is very <laughs> true because as I said, the mind, where the mind goes, the body follows. Everything follows the mind. So if you hit a point, your body's stiff and you think there's no outlet, there's no stretching, there's none of that, um, it can be, really be discouraging. I mean, it can age people, it can discourage them, it can make them give up and think, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And a lot of the times, no, just got to add some extra movement in there and you yeah. will rejuvenate yourself. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that great interview with Sean Vig. I'm really appreciative of him taking some time out and sharing a lot of his fitness journey. And I want to just do a quick recap. He said a lot of great things there and we can digest all over the place. Um, there's one uh, kind of quote almost I'll, I'll turn it into that he said that I just want to mention, I think was very impactful. He said, in today's world, people always want that magic pill. I never had that magic pill. I just love what I did. And I think this can be taken both in entrepreneurship and really fitness as well. If you're not doing, not just the, I mean, the word get passion gets thrown around so much, but if you're truly not doing what you love and where you want to get up every day and do it, it's not going to last. Now, it may last like a job. You may keep showing up but you're not gonna put your best working and eventually you're gonna probably fizzle out and maybe find another job because you think that's the next great thing. And the reality is that you just actually don't like what you're doing, it's not the company. The same can be said for fitness. You know, when you're doing something over and over again, especially with fitness where it's so important to keep that consistency, if you don't love what you're doing, meaning if you hate running, but all you do is get out and run every day, Oh my gosh, you're going to you're going to eventually quit. Or again, you're not going to put in a full effort that you could. Try and dabble and you know, I do CrossFit, which I absolutely love, but I didn't do CrossFit until two and a half years ago. I was doing other things and I I dabbled around. I found some yoga, I found some, you know, heavy strength training. I I did a variety, I did a lot of the beach body programs at home. So I played around with a lot of different stuff. And I'd encourage everyone, especially out there that is trying to find the best thing for fitness for them is play around a little bit, audit some classes. You know, I have a friend of mine that does this thing called ClassPass. Um, you guys may have heard of it, but you know, you can get 20 or 30, something like that sessions a month. I don't know, they have some different um, packages, but you can actually go around your town and do different things. You might do Pilates one day, a spin class another, and maybe that's a way to test things out and try it. 
So I think you have to find to love what you do. Um, and with, again, whether that's in a professional setting or maybe on a personal side as well, and ultimately it just makes things easier. It makes the decision to get out and be active um, and accomplish what you want so much easier. So I'll end on that note, but I did want to just make a mention of that as a little recap. Again, some great points by Sean, but I thought that was really valuable. Uh, so anyways, I appreciate you guys listening in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you have a great day, a phenomenal week, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.